we go again. Welcome to the Cultured Guitarist. We had a small nuclear computer glitch, so we're re-recording the start of this episode. Casper's glaring at me because I'm revealing that secret behind-the-scenes information. <laughs> Why? Because I can. <laughs> I'm truthful. So my name is Appalachian Al. With me, as ever, is Cobra Casper. Mm. And Serpentine Steve Demidash is joining us from Demidash Effects. <laughs> All right, I'm going to need to start writing on the nicknames, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that was more creative than the last one. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> I, was, I panicked the last time. I didn't have any nicknames prepared. Yeah. Mm. I, feel, I, you know, I, was, I feel better about it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> well, let's, let's just kick it right off again. Casper. For our dear listeners, what have you been up to this week that, uh, you know, you want to share with the team? No, nothing. Wow. I'm kidding. Great radio, buddy. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple things. Like I say, I, I haven't been doing a lot of music stuff, but uh, I did revamp the studio and you know, put set myself up a desk and I got a new couch mm-hmm. for the studio. So Al has a more comfortable place to sit. And, it's um, like a hide-a-bed. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's like it's a double wide, it's, what's well, a, it's a full size couch, but it only has two cushions and mm-hmm. both sides recline and it's a wall hugger. I shouldn't have told you that. I was not supposed to tell you that it will actually recline right up against the wall like it is. So it's nap time for Al soon. See you later <laughs> folks. <laughs> um, but, uh, that is pretty much it for music stuff. And I, I've been looking for a car for my son and I, and I finally found him one this morning. So. Uh, we uh, yeah we struck a deal for a, a Volkswagen Golf as his first right. car. How's the stress levels about him being on the road on his own? Oh man, <laughs> I got a great video of him driving for the first time. I like snuck my phone off to the side and like the deer in the headlights that he every time he had to do anything like go around a corner. <laughs> it was just, it was absolutely just priceless. I can't wait to show it at his wedding. Excellent. You're That's, that's every parent, man. Just yeah. every parent. I can't wait for a public opportunity to shame them. That's <laughs> not shame. He did a, such a great job. Yeah, but it's like gearing down from third to second to pull into the pullout by the lookout and Oh, is it a standard? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, oh. He, was, he was driving my car oh, at the time. Oh, right, right, right. But Either way, he was gearing down, and and <laughs> he, the look on his face as he's releasing the clutches. I should put it on our Instagram. Just is, that picture of his face is like, the car he got standard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of like a rule that we've always had in our family. It's like if you're going to learn to drive, you're going to drive standard. I used to think that was a thing that was like you should just learn to do that. I yeah. I don't think cars in the future you're going to. It's not going to be nearly as critical for any other generation. Absolutely not. For the last it's still a good thing before the car I own now, I've been driving. T- like automatics for a decade. Yeah. You know, not not so much by choice, but it's just like I didn't really give that much of a crap. Well, he, he also seemed really interested in my motorcycle when we yes. got, when we unloaded that Very much. from the trailer. So I think Very much so. he'll be wanting to get one of those and that'll be that'll need some yeah. uh, clutch think, action as well. But I think the driving a manual, it just it makes you more aware of everything all the time. So even when you're driving something less intensive to like keep track of, you're just more attentive all the time. Yeah. You know. That's what I like about the motorcycle is it, it keeps me just occupied enough. I can't get too lost in my own thoughts. Yeah. But it lets my mind wander just the right amount that is very relaxing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, Steve, Mr. Demidash, what, uh, what have you been up to, man? Just revisions. Lots of revisions for new things. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you've been, uh, you've sure been in the, well, been in the woodshed as they say yeah yeah, oh, yeah. a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah 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 i've got uh basically like every week i get the new revision i designed last week you know the pcbs in right i i hook them up and if there's any issues i've got like a breadboard of each circuit set up so i go to the breadboard and kind of figure out okay um this weird thing was happening why is that kind of figure out why and kind of correct it and then I update the, you know, PCB and order a new one. Is that, oh. uh, is that kind of a frustrating process doing that? Yeah, that sounds was, really, yeah. I'm not a patient guy. That sounds like it would get to me. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, I mean, there's no easier way to do it really. Yeah. It's, I mean, 
you ever just hit a home run and nail it the first time? Like, uh, not not to say like you don't, <laughs> but it, like that would be frustrating. Because at what point you're it's like, like a one knob fuzz pedal, maybe? Well, yeah, but let's like, gosh, and I gotta really like gotta scrap everything I'm doing here, and like, like I don't know how many revisions would would you do typically to, to well, I mean, like, what like, kind of little little glitchy things would you run into? Oh, uh, one okay. So one of the weirder ones was this analog course I'm uh, working on. It's you know it's a weird analog course. I'm generating the um, the LFO with microcontroller with a custom code that you know generates uh, waveforms like randomization can mix with you know periodicity, you know, and, and stuff like that. Anyway, so like I was finding like the peaks of the waveforms. Um, it seemed to almost a tremolo thing was uh, happening. Uh, how do you say it? tremolo? Tremolo? Uh you know, it's a word I, I, write I say I say tremolo. Out. I don't. I don't know. I don't. It's one of those tremolo. Okay, yeah, tremolo. I'm sure if it's, yeah, every <laughs> different like regional accent probably says it differently. Whatever. Marshmallow or marsh- <laughs> marshmallow. I. It's one of those ones like I see, I see written down. I write it, but I rarely say it out loud. So right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Anyway, know. so like. Yeah, so the waveform, like the actual output of like the vibrato was like, getting quiet every time like the LFO got high. So it's like it was a voltage sag thing. So weird little frustration things like that will happen where it's like, I didn't catch that. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Or, you know, sometimes uh, tolerances or something, something will kind of behave a little different on a PCB or a layout will introduce noise or, you know, you get it to a point where you can put it in the pedal, you put it on the pedal board and the way it maybe, you know, interacts with the stuff when it's put in the chain, you suspect most people will put it in like where you put it yeah, or the position you put in the chain, you suspect most people will put it in it, you know, maybe it's a bit noisy. So things like that. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, I think I'm finished. Then I get it on my pedal board and kind of compare it to like pedals. I think were like kind of comparable. Be like, oh, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, or sorry, I'm not supposed to swear. Um, uh, it's okay. Yeah, we're gonna give you a nice humorous beep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you know, you know, it's like this doesn't, you know, each of these has a very unique voice, but this kind of just is, ugh, whatever. You know, I'll go back to the drawing board. And so that's happened a few times with the chorus. It's gone through a bunch of revisions. It's like, ah, eh, it doesn't hold its own. <laughs> and that's the that's the course that you're kind of basing on the the modulation circuit of the T120. No, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that at all. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's it's a chorus, and I'm kind of making it a. Well, I wanted to make a lo-fi kind of. I found I found choruses often sound very processed and uh, too clean, almost. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Like they just don't sound like a real thing. Okay. So I wanted to make one that sounded like raw. It sounds like you know, it's you know, it sounds like you're actual playing. It doesn't sound like some weird studio effect put onto it. Yeah, um, okay. I get that. Uh, yeah. So kind of just playing with different ways of making that happen, like adding compression before it, just kind of make it a little like kind of squeeze out some of the dynamics and and like you know the harmonic richness and kind of make it sound like a recording of itself. Uh, you know, just playing with different things like that. And then, you know, then just playing with what I can do with the uh, microcontroller LFO. So, like, what I have now is, it's like, um, I've got a sample and hold effect on the LFO. So you can turn it, it down and, like, the LFO output values less frequently. So you get kind of little jumps uh, as, so like a staircase wave, basically. Uh, and, you know, as you turn it down, the space between, you know, the, you know, the outputs, gets bigger so there's fewer of them mm. and it's a really cool effect like especially when you kind of have it high but not all the way up so it's continuous you know so you hear a little glitchy jumps as the waveform goes you know just just having fun with things like that oh, and then just making it tunable so it's i don't know um like so you can use it like as a vibrato or as a chorus like so you can still get the chorusing effect with all the phasing or you can like set the lag higher and use it like as a throttle so you can still get a wide pitch swing even at lower um you know rates there's i don't know there's a lot of stuff about courses that bug me that i kind of wanted to address with it so, okay yeah very cool that's crazy yeah. i'm digging it you're so smart steve man <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah and anyway so like people like really like the videotape thing so i'm kind of 
you know, kind of with the idea of it's kind of sounding like a videotape recording, kind of trying to get that in there. Right. And then calling it the T60 because offshoot branding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. I've been very interested in that. I, I hope I can get my calls on one. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I haven't been up to as much musically this week as I, I usually am. I've been playing the. Uh... What have you been up to, Al? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like. Uh, yeah, we're still doing that. Yeah, uh, we're still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the few like regular things we do, but you know it's okay. Um, I've been playing my SG uh, yep. that, that I did the headstock, the headstock repair on, yeah. and I've been enjoying having a a stellar solid body with the humbuckers and mahogany thing going on again. And uh, it's never a true Gibson until you've snapped the headstock and had it repaired. So I have a true, authentic Gibson. Um. But, you know, I love that guitar, and I have had it since it was brand new in 2003, and it's mm. it was kind of a heartbreaking moment when I when I lost it for a little bit there. Year. Yeah. That's actually the second year-long break I've had from that guitar. Uh, it was stolen from me once in about 2008. Mm. It took me a year to find it, which is a miracle that it ever came home. Yeah. Um, I've been enjoying that. I got the I got a new pick card for the Jazz Master, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm heavily procrastinating changing that because uh, as you do. Well, yeah. it's more because like it's not like swapping the pick card on a telly or something. No, I like know that. it's like a, there's a a mainframe underneath it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff going on. The pickups are the only thing not mounted to the pick card. Um, so it's yeah. Um, I gotta I gotta do that soon here. It will be a lot nicer sounding when I do that because it's a uh, aluminum pit guard mm-hmm. as opposed to a, a plastic one, so it'll cut down on noise. Um, and then I also got the uh, neck shim to install uh, when I do that. And I'm kind of debating whether I should just wait on all of that until I get the pickups in for it. That mm-hmm. are, That's that are going to be coming my way from uh, more guitars, right? Um, which I'm super excited to get. And I'm really glad that uh, Dan volunteered to to do that because I know he doesn't like to do aftermarket pickups too much because mm. he wants to focus on guitar building. But He's been so. doing a little more of that, though. I a think, little lately. more of it, yeah. yeah. I know it, his, and he'll be, he'll be the first to say this, his pickups are definitely premium priced because he, if he's going to dedicate that kind of time to just making pickups in away from his guitar builds. Yeah. They they have to be at a bit of a, a premium, and that's half the reason you go to go to him for more guitars. Like, you can't get those pickups anywhere else. So yeah, so yeah, I'm kind of debating whether I should just do the whole thing all in one big swoop and call it good. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm kind of curious to see how it plays with, with the, the neck shim yeah. and the you know. I got to bring that thing up. in so you can play it with the new trim because you haven't yeah, played I haven't it played since yeah. it, well it didn't have a trim arm on it before no i i know it didn't come with one from the store which is annoying and yeah. i made i made them hunt for it i stood there and waited yeah i was like why would you separate this from the guitar well, somebody might have hijacked it off the floor like it, it is possible it um, yeah i i mean it to me why do you even buy a jazz master if you don't want to use the trim so well, i think somebody may have like lost or damaged their own so they stole one from off a guitar. <laughs> oh, that's possible, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You go and pay $30 for a new one from the weather. Well, it's 30 bucks, but whatever. You don't want to go pay more yeah. money. People are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I think this oh, is the, the Always looking the for Casper, the sunshine. This is life. the cast oh, for buddy. the works in retail yeah. coming out. <laughs> 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 anyway, yep. on that happy note, let's uh, let's get in it with Steve. You started You started kind of getting into it a bit there, buddy. Um, but you've got a lot on the go, hey? Like you, you're working on three or four different kind of projects. Are, can we yeah. pick your brain about those, or you want to? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, yeah, reveal what you would like to reveal, sir, because we're, <laughs> yeah, there's we're, the the chorus, and then you're still working on the. Cause you had the harmonic the tremolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So that one is incredibly complicated. Like, so that's gonna be a while before that one's out, just because I want to like do really careful looks for all the bugs that are probably hiding in there somewhere. Right. Just like weird situations I haven't considered. Um, Cause it's got, so it's an all analog, you know, audio circuit 
with full digital control over everything. Right. And it's two stereo channels. So you can do mono in, stereo out, or you know, stereo in, stereo out. Uh, so it's harmonic trim. So it's got the bass LFO and the treble LFO uh, on each side. So it's got four LFOs total run by a microcontroller. Mm. So, and you can pan them however you like. So you can continuously, like, like from zero to 180 degrees, you know, so synchronized or offset uh, for the treble bass uh, or, and for the like left, right. So you can have like, you know, go treble bass, treble bass, treble bass, or treble bass, treble bass, treble bass, or, you know, have them together to do amplitude and then you do the panning, you know, however close or as far as you want. So it'll, it'll tremolo between treble and bass and left and right. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you don't have to have them. It's not like you, it's they're either together or completely opposite. You can continuously like adjust from like, you know, Oh, so you can mix them together to just a little that. bit apart. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That and, alone and can, is not something I've seen on any other tremolo pedal. And you can, you can also ramp the phase differences. Like, you can ramp the panning and the like uh, harmonic phase difference. I don't know, dude. It sounds pretty simple to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's got that. It's um, let's see, second, a prototype in front of me. Uh, so yeah, you've got the ramp. Another thing that's really cool about it that I haven't seen before is the uh, the polyrhythms that you can do. So you uh, have like the bass going at a certain rate. You know, that's corresponds to whatever your rate dial is or your MIDI clock or CV. Okay, so, so kind of like or, a step sequencer kind of thing? No, no, no. You have you no, have the okay. bass <laughs> just going like a normal LFO, you know, at the normal rate. Right. And then the treble, uh, you can, there's about 10 different ratios you can set it at. So one to one is normal. Uh, so then you can go to say two to one is, so the treble's going twice as fast as the bass, mm. but they're still like lined oh. up together. But yeah, they're still synced. Yeah. Okay. And so that's the easy one to explain. So now the same concept, but like something like five to four. So the treble does five cycles in time the bass does four, but they're still synced. All right. I think I just started bleeding out of my left ear. Right. <laughs> but like they still, after those five and four, they line up again and start over. They don't go out of sync with each other. They just create polyrhythms. Oh, polyrhythms. So it's like it's like having a, a <laughs> you, variable slapback type of you like programmed timing. a tool album into a tremolo pedal. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, and so you can so like you know three to one the the <laughs> like the whole numbers are a bit easier to get your head around. Uh, in that like, oh yeah, you there's, know, so there's probably fractions of numbers too. Absolutely, absolutely. infinitely adjustable. Um, no, there's like, ten. There's ten a, settings. Yeah, so there's a sweep of of settings. Crazy. Yeah, yeah from like the the least like amount of like speed difference between treble and bass and the most. So I think it goes up to like three to one or something, but you know, you can seven to eight or and things like that. And then you can, <laughs> it's one of those it, ones like, you have to hear it. I think to really, yeah, have it make oh, yeah. perfect. Honestly, like I, I like, get the concept, but like, I can't imagine how that's going to come off sonically and like how I'm, the audio I'm, yeah. would very intrigued. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. really huge yeah. on treble. It sounds really cool. And the weird, like the thing I didn't expect was, how crazy that sounds when you fully pan it. It's like a stereo effect I'd never even thought of before, but it just sounds ridiculous. Uh, so, so that stuff I find it, it's really, it sounds really good on like, uh, like a hanging chord or something. It's like the polyrhythms, like it sounds kind of busy when you're playing something busy, but it sounds really cool on something a little bit like less, uh, you know, note heavy. Yeah, so something less melodic, but more like a chord form held. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes tremolos like that. Like it, it, it can add movement to stuff, and and you really gotta. It's definitely an effect you gotta play. Yeah, as much yeah. as you're playing, you kind of let it do a bit of the work as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I find so, that with everything that isn't overdrive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I yeah. Str I struggle a little bit with like delay if it's not kind of in sync with my brain timing if i get my the knobs kind of offset a little bit i i start right. with delay a little bit but that's yeah. just not my go-to i see i yeah. find like there's some pretty generic kind of flangers out there and stuff like that or phasers where it's like they're just a thing that's on and yep. it, you don't yeah. have to yeah for sure 
And I mean, maybe that's, you know, self-explanatory because that's not really an exciting effect if it's, if I'm literally describing it as a generic one. Yeah. It's just adding a bit of movement yeah. under what you're doing anyway. Um, do, it's not like really modifying your thing. That sounds like an incredible pedal to experience. I'm really, really excited. I oh mean, yeah. I'm, and I there's a lot I... of like crazy stuff on like, cause you can ramp almost all the parameters uh it's basically like you know like on the chase list one it's like you can have it uh going upwards from the knob position uh while the ramp goes up or downwards from the knob position as the ramp goes up um and by no dip switches i have it also you have like the foot you hold the tap foot switch down and you turn the knob to adjust like how it's being ramped or if it's being ramped oh, oh boy yeah you've uh, created a tweaker's dream yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mad scientist toolkit. And it's, cool it's got a really nice uh, overdrive, like in front of it, like so. Both channels have like the same overdrive circuit. Uh, I had to do a lot of work to make sure it'd be something that, like, would sound the same on both channels, so the gain doesn't vary because you know mm -hmm. it has to. Um, and so once you turn it off, you can like in some bypass, you can hit the tap switch and turn it on just in drive mode. So it's not being modulated. You just have like volume, tone, and drive control. Hmm. And then you can turn the effect back on, you know, hitting the engage switch. Uh, and then once you turn it off, you're back into drive mode only. So it kind of, you've got a double function there. That's really, nice. really clever, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Uh, how, and then you've got expression control and everything. How um, how far are you, do you think, from, from letting that thing out into the world? Is that a ways yet? Um, the circuit, I feel like I'm pretty much done. Uh, it's like I say, the code, again, almost done. But there are so many situations that I want to make sure I've accounted for. Mm. So, for so like things like if you're using a CV sync clock into the CV uh, input, but the pedal is also receiving a MIDI clock, and then you tap in a tempo, what's going to happen? Or if you're like got a MIDI clock going in and you start ramping the rate, uh, what happens then? And things like that. And then once you get out of ramp, does it go back to the MIDI clock? What if the CV clock's happening? Uh, all those little situations can cause it to kind of freak out a little bit if they're not accounted for. So basically just a lot of revision and being careful. Mm. And are you, uh, do you have people that assist you with like finding these potential issues? Like do you send out a, a handful to people you trust or do you kind of try and do all the the testing and 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 uh flaw detecting on your own um i do as much as i can on my own and then once i can't find anything else i'll send them out to a few people that i've talked to before i've got a kind of guy to keep that down because i have to hand assemble each prototype right and it yeah, takes a lot of work for, it's there's so many parts there's hundreds of parts to hand place i can imagine that's uh that's a big 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 commitment yeah, yeah. So, and then, I mean, like, hand probably have to hand stamp enclosures for it because I don't have any printed yet. <laughs> so it's just a big, even making prototypes is a pretty big job. So. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, man, it, it's so crazy. Like, we, we're we getting into this, like, we're really deep into the golden era, second golden era, if you will, of, of effects pedals. And I, I think it, it is a bit lost on us sometimes uh, if you're not a builder. Um if you're just a, a player or somebody who collects and enjoys, it can really get lost on you how much work goes into making some of these pedals. Like even a, you know, a basic overdrive pedal, it should be a lot of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth tweaking your design and getting that, that sound you're chasing and improving it and stuff. Uh, when it comes to more complex pedals and, and getting into DSP programming and, and, and doing what you're doing with this, this harmonic tremolo, I sure do. I, I bow down at the altar of you gentlemen because, man, <laughs> as an impatient fella, I don't think, I think I'd tap out about 2% of the way through the process. Like, screw it, I'm buying a Strymon. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why I'm not a uh, pedal builder. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should hear about, I should tell you about uh, the, Deluxe uh, T120 Deluxe version two that I've been working on. Oh, it's on my list of questions to get at, sir. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which we can get into that if you want. I'm on down. Yep, sure. So I, you know, I know, uh, released the um, T120 version two 
earlier this year, I think just a couple of months ago, and it added uh, like so I swapped out the analog LFO and put in a digital LFO that like in the course, uh, you know, you can generate a random signal mm -hmm. and mix that with the periodic signal. And the T120 version two, uh, it doesn't have the sample and hold. What it has instead is a glide function. So it basically controls how uh, fast the waveform gets to a target value. You know, so you can go between square wave and triangle wave. Uh, so, you know, that's going into the deluxe version too, but there were a couple other things I wanted to address in that as well. Like uh, the deluxe, it, there was a couple things I wanted to achieve. The first uh, one was reducing a bit of the noise. It was a bit noisy and uh, making trails toggleable. Uh, so you can choose whether they're on or off. Mm. And then the one that everybody always asks me for is tap tempo. So that was the big one. <laughs> you know, the, the first few features, you know, pretty simple to get into there, but tap tempo, it's taking me forever. And I, I figured it out. I got it. I have it working, but the, it requires a calibration setup process, uh, which is a bit of a pain. So I've been, what I've been doing is working on a way to make it easier to do, uh, to do the calibration. So, uh, what it requires is basically, so there's a microcontroller on there that, um, controls a digital potentiometer that varies resistance and the varied resistance controls the delay length of the PT2399 delay chip. Um, and so you basically have to tell there. So you tap in a tempo and it sets a resistance that corresponds to the delay length. That's the de desired, but digital potentiometers and PT2399 chips have a lot of variance. They don't have very tight tolerances. So from one chip to the other, the same resistance won't necessarily correspond to the same delay time. So what you have to do is you have to calibrate each of them and figure out, you know, what delay times correspond to what resistance or what digipot settings, I should say. Uh, and so you, um, to do that, you know, you run your calibration. But <laughs> the thing, thing is, these chips, like once they're on board, there's not really a convenient way of outputting to a computer screen. So you can't see what's happening. You just kind of have to, you know, take it on faith that you're not getting a false positive if it passes. I mean, and you indicate your pass using LED or something. So that was the original plan. But no, I decided that was going to be a nightmare. Um, you know, I'd get to the final stage and realize, oh, tap, you know, they're all too short. It's like, you know, it doesn't actually set the right delay time because it was getting all these false positives because it was coming back immediately or something like that. Mm. So what I did was I wrote a low-level um, communication protocol language uh, I didn't write the protocol, I wrote the language, uh, just very simple language using, you know, a uh, serial peripheral interface. Uh, yeah, totally. I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah serial <laughs> purple, yeah. We're so, definitely not confused by any of this. <laughs> yeah. So basically, okay, so two, uh, I, I designed a custom header uh, connection using a ribbon, then used a ribbon cable to connect the microcontroller on the uh, circuit board to an external one, and that's connected to the computer that outputs to the computer screen, like, so I can output text. And so they can, like, pass data back and forth and pass commands and coordinate. And then the one connected to the computer can output that data to the screen so I can see what's happening. Ah. So I can see, yeah, okay, this is the time reading I got for this um, resistance value. Okay, so now I have a way of, like, telling. The problem, okay, so that worked. My calibration routine is great. You know, this it takes a while to get it perfect, so it's consistently working. But you know, I get it's good. Um, the the next problem I have is it's sort of labor intensive to do for, for each pedal because I have to okay connect the programming dongle to the PCB, upload calibration code, unplug it, connect the uh, like PCB to the microcontroller run calibration, okay, disconnect it, connect it back to the, like, programming dongle, upload the final code. And so that's a bit of a process. So what I did was I designed myself um, a program or, like, a calibration unit. So Kind of like, like a dev board where you, like, plug it in and it does all that for you? 
basically. Cool. So like it's got relays on there. So I connect the programming dongle and the computer to the like dev board thing. It's got relays that kind of latch and unlatch to select which one's connected to the PCB. Um, and I figured out how to uh, send commands back and forth over you know the Linux terminal uh, with the microcontroller. So it can you know, like send a command to the computer and the computer will interpret it uh, to, and do a certain thing. Computer can send a text command to the microcontroller and you know it'll like receive it and then be like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And so they can, you know, either coordinate you know, the computer will say, hey, what's up? And the microcontroller will be like, hey, what's up? And then they're both synced, you know, and then they can go on to the next step. Cool. And yeah. So that and, that has streamlined that process, or that's the process <laughs> oh, you're yeah, in the middle of. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got that down. Nice. The process I'm in the middle of now is something called I made it myself something called a bed of nails, uh, which is like a circuit board that's got exactly the same footprints for like where connections need to be made that drops down and makes those connections without having anything like solder, hand soldered to the um, circuit board. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it drops down, so I don't need to solder any wires or any header pins. Uh, so that allows you to test without having to solder the whole thing up? Yeah, I can do that and then, you know, pass fail. And then once it's good, it goes into the next pile. So I don't have to use alligator clips to connect to the... Yeah, yeah. Holy criminy, dude. This, <laughs> so this is my, for tap tempo, yeah? The TLDR of this all is big work now, make small work later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Man. Jesus, Steve, you are on another level for me, man. And I'm just sitting here like uh, I could have cooked a meal. I could have <laughs> had a nap. I could have had an, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I just stood here stunned, uh, and very, for the most part, confused, but I understood hey. the big work now, small work later thing. And I am familiar well, a better with... way to put it is big work once small work, lots of times. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I've, I've that's been down that road in different uh, different job aspects of my life. Never with this kind of thing, because I'm clearly not uh, gifted in this sense. But that's crazy, man. I actually got my paws on one of your T120s uh, a little while back um, and quite enjoyed it. Nice. Nice, yeah. And uh, then, I, then I sent it off to a new home with uh, Asher at Caulfield Cables in California um, because nice. I have designs on uh, when you uh, <laughs> release the deluxe version too so yeah that's that's gonna be yeah. my my final yeah. bonus yeah it's fun so you know i was able to retain all the like swell switch stuff you know so you you hold the swell switch and it does the swell but you can tap it to make it a tempo clear so that's nice that's cool it's awesome man. yeah it, it is definitely like um it is definitely a very beloved pedal in the community and i, I mean and the builders just as much as the players it's uh you know we talk to so many people in, in in this world now it is amazing how every time that your your t120 comes up how fondly everybody's just like gushing about it mm -hmm. <laughs> funny thing is it uses sort of a crap chip but it just i found a way to make it sound really nice I but I mean, that's that's the, that's the bucket brigade thing all over again, right? Well, like, it, yes, it's not a bucket brigade though. It's, no, I know, you know but yeah. just kind of the same idea in the sense of like, yeah, those, something, yeah, 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 those weren't chips that everybody was like, these are the best. Yeah, yeah, no, figuring out how to massage something that has a lot of flaws and make it sound really nice. Yeah, yeah, and I think especially when it comes to like guitar-based music, uh, we're really attracted to low fidelity well, it's so more than we ever want to admit yeah yeah i think we've, we've talked about that before where it's like we spend all this money getting the most pristine you know instruments and this excellent stuff <laughs> and then we we get pedals that we can destroy that pristineness with you know whether it be low fidelity or you know or fuzz or whatever we just like modify this this i this think pristine tone that we're trying I think to think we're attracted to analog in, in mm. a sense where our, our ears sure. like like warmth and we and like some of those flaws when it comes to the instruments we're playing we like them to play really well we like them to to sound in tune and to play in tune so mm -hmm. that that makes sense to me that like 
you know, we're not, not always attracted to the jankiest instrument. Some people definitely are. Some people sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, you want to start with the most pristine sound you can, so you can degrade it in the ways you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can always degrade it. You you can't always take a degraded thing and improve it. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of how I look at the circuits. It's like, I always try to make it very pristine right in the middle. And then kind of outside of that, I do the degradation. So it doesn't degrade in ways I don't want it to. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think he did a fine job of it. And I mean, as a guy who <laughs> grew up in a fairly uh, poor house uh, and had a lot of pretty much every movie we owned was recorded onto a crappy VHS and recorded off the TV. Um, yep. You really did nail the vibe of those those tapes, man. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the new randomization, like LFO, oh, it just makes yeah, it sounds so much more like a VHS tape. Yeah, ah, I can't, I can't wait to get the the deluxe version too, man. That's that's yeah. exciting. I've kind of like I, mentally retconned that, like, okay, yeah, no, that was that's canon. That was always there. That's how it's supposed to sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when uh, the you said you were going off the list, and uh, when that news came out on, uh, I think it was Instagram, you're you kind of said that you weren't doing the the wait list so much anymore because you know things weren't really conducive that way anymore yeah but yeah. that you were going to just do batch releases and and you know we would have to kind of clamor all over them if we had to get one but um it's funny because i was i'm on that t120 deluxe wait list and it was like you were. I, I was <laughs> i know i was but i'm actually thrilled that i'm not anymore or I'm, I'm that I can because the version two is is coming and it's like I'll wait I'm gonna hold <laughs> off I yeah I'll just say wait till the yeah. till the V two yeah. I'm it has uh the features that you're adding are enough to say yep I'm gonna wait yeah yeah <laughs> well you know that that wait list it was it was piling on not under itself it was collapsing under its own weight yeah. Like I think I was that, saying, like before the the whole recording got glitched out, and we started over. It's like I had like legitimately about three emails every day from people wanting to join. Yeah, and I yeah. it wasn't moving through it fast enough for me to ever catch up to that. Yeah, and I was you know it was a, it's just a spreadsheet I had. I didn't have anything automated, uh, so I was manually responding to all the emails and manually entering the information, and then you know manually emailing emailing people that got to the top of the list, and it was just accumulating way too fast. And so when COVID hit, it was kind of like, and it basically just fell apart. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's no way to sustain this system. Well, and I mean, you, you, how much work can one guy do? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So, but, you know, not, not building 20 pedals every week or two or whatever it was. Um, but instead like building bigger batches less frequently. That gives me a lot more time to do development. I wasn't doing all this de- uh, development before COVID hit. You know, yeah, I just been spending all of your time building pedals, building, and testing. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. And so it's a lot more like I get a lot more enjoyment out of uh, like doing new things, learning and creating. You know, it's kind of but like electronics is kind of my creative outlet these days. So it's, yeah, it's a lot more fun. Well, that's good. So your dream job got more. Dreamy, dream and less. got more dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and I guess I should mention the the fourth pedal in Christian. Uh, yeah, words, absolutely. Yeah, yes. yeah. is this? Uh, it's it kind of came up in a funny way. It I accidentally ordered a few enclosures in the wrong size. Just uh, when I was doing the stamped T one twenties, I ordered these really nice like translucent red finish enclosures <laughs> but they're too small uh so i was like okay i'm gonna design something that'll fit in them just so i can have a reason to use them and so i i came up with this fuzz thing that you know was kind of adapted from a range master because i really like um range masters when i built them in the past when they have like a really high gain transistor in them. uh it's germanium transistors i don't yeah. know on fuzzes at all no but, a great uh, range master circuit is Oh, yeah, that's just a so thing. I, I basically the range master is just a simple, like you know, a uh, transistor amplifier stage with very, like, you know, that cuts out a lot of bass. So I kind of put it on a breadboard and I was playing around with it. And I, I keep doing these revisions on it. And what I have, well, like, currently is that I really, really like it's I hesitate to even call it range master because it's not really, it's it's got like you know it's got that 
same sort of like topology in it. So like what it is, is like there's this really high headroom boost in the front and that feeds into like two different parallel paths. One's basically like a base overdrive that gets really like filtered. So like none of the trebles left. And then on the other side, it's, you know, your basic range master type thing, uh, a bit higher gain uh, plus a higher gain transistor. And that, you know, all, all the bases kind of cut out of that. And then they kind of come together at the end so, and they fill in the gaps where each other lack. So mm-hmm. it blends, gives you like a full sound, but and you have control like really like nice wide range control over how much treble and bass there is and how much, you know, you boost the front end of both circuits and then your volume. So you've got lots of gain on tap and you've got it. So it sounds like a really nice, like heavy classic rock sound when they're both at full where you get your travel booster sound or kind of like a bassy overdrive. It's just a really nice, you know, it's really nice fuzz drive pedal. Yeah, we've got, um, we've got, well, Casper has on his board, uh, a range master type that um, Hello Sailor effects uh, sent a while back. And it is one of the most. Oh, that guy makes some nice stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most addicting pedals I think I've ever it really touched. is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody used that back in like the golden era of like, you know, classic rock guitarists. Yeah. And so- I didn't realize that until like started digging into it. And then it's like, Clapton, Page, all these like, if it weren't for the Range Master, Black Sabbath would have sounded like, bleh. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's it's funny too because it has a very, a really tasty specific sound that is instantly familiar, instantly pulls back into every every facet of classic rock. So as soon as you as soon as you kick the stomp on that thing, it just yeah. makes rock. And everybody, yeah, I, we you know everybody seems to make. Uh, a slightly different version and, and dang it if they aren't all really cool so yeah. i'm i'm super stoked you're entering the fray man yeah because uh you haven't put out a thing yet that i haven't been like ooh, this is mm. this is fun yeah like and so it's it's cool it's and i've got the artwork done for it and i sent those uh so i'm getting about you know 30 of those boxes printed found some really nice powder coat like that looks really like worn and old. Uh, it's gonna look really cool. Interesting. That is, so you're, that is rad. So yeah. instead of a like, because you haven't really done the like aged or relic thing, you've kind of gone uh, well. All your pedals, even the the different batches you've been doing with the T one twenties, you've you've had quite a few different ones, and uh, but none of them have been really relic and aged. They've just been very cool and and yeah graphic design well, it's based not relic it's just more the look of it is kind of worn right like i don't know it's like this um, I, I, I didn't know what other term to use but translucent red oh that sounds really mm-hmm. cool man yeah <laughs> yeah and so i mean all of my like graphics i do my own graphic design so like i always go for like vintage packaging of some sort and so you know Excellent. like that that's kind of the theme i'm always going with uh and provides a surprisingly consistent look for some reason but yeah so still going with that that's awesome oh man i gotta say uh opening up one of your boxes with a pedal in it was like a whole experience unto itself it was so cool al Al actually (laughs) boxed it all back up so that i could experience it too (laughs) it was like like open it up and the the tape and i was like oh man well because like once I, I doing good practicing. Yeah, it's, once I opened it up and I'd experienced that, I was like, I can't, I can't let Casper see this and not experience that. Like yeah, it's just that's cool. Yeah, to open that box and the boxes, those new boxes you, you designed are, are stellar looking. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. thank you. That's a huge plus to be able to do your own graphic design is you can just make cool looking and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's been uh, that's been a real a wondrous boon for you having that experience and having that skill set, man. Oh yeah. Like, you know, designing manuals and doing my boxes and everything. Yeah. It's fun. Um, but yeah, no, it was clever. I really, I really got to give it to you. The, the, the box is great. Opening the box and having them snake nest of uh magnetic VHS tape on top. was awesome. Yeah. The, the burlap sack that the pedal was in was great. <laughs> yeah. That was all kind of uh, like all kind of retro style stuff. Like that's all, that's always the theme. 
Yeah, you know, you nailed it. It's it was fantastic, man. It was. Uh, oh, thank you. It made opening the box almost as fun as playing the pedal, and that's that's a cool thing. That's oh, great to hear. It is a fun pedal. So the fuzz pedal, what are we? What are you calling that? Uh, it's called Spidola. Spidola. Uh, it's named after an old Russian uh, transistor radio brand. Wicked. <laughs> is, is that the? Uh, <laughs> is so awesome. Is that where your yeah. uh, your transistors came from? Is Russia? Yeah. So I've got. Uh, I've basically got a bunch of boxes, like unopened boxes from the USSR era. Uh, of, you know transistors and i've got a transistor measurer and so you know you have to open the box and me- measure each one to get like the gain of it and the leakage because they drift over time right and then you know i kind of have a little compartmentalized box and you know i write the readings on top of each one in really small print and then put it in you know the group compartment for like the gain value and so you know it's a lot of work to go through them but i've got Probably over a thousand of them. So, whoa, yeah, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Yeehaw>. <laughs> you've been making spidolas for a while. For no reason, panicked that they like there was a finite amount in the world and just bought a ton of them. <laughs> and now I've just got a ton of them. It's like, okay, well, what? now I've always figured well, someday I'm going to use them for something. So, you know, okay, the world is going to run out of you're right. The world is going to run out of these products someday and they're not going to be available anymore. And it's going to be because every pedal builder I talk to stockpiles, stockpiles yep. this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, like, again, the- to bring up Hello Sailor, he, he, I know he's got a stockpile. Yeah, he does. Stuff. He yeah. actually posts some really cool stuff. He's like, look at this bin of things I got. And yeah. It's like old paper and oil caps and like this crazy old vintage stuff. It's like, man, that is cool. And yeah, when yeah. you, when you guys can't find any more, it's because you guys have them all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, and there's just like, I think there's just this one guy in Russia who sells them. Everybody buys from him. He has a warehouse full of old surplus. Yeah, and in, stuff and in Russian the... style, there's probably like 800 million of them that he's got. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. says he only got three boxes left. All the boxes, like they're unopened paper, like the paper seals are unopened, and they're stamped with the dates, like you know, 1983 or whatever. It's like, <laughs> I just wonder how many shelves this guy has of this stuff. Yeah, it's probably. You know what? Casper's probably not far off. He probably does like. He was probably some oligarch who like bought a warehouse that had been foreclosed on. Yeah, yeah. Everything in it was yeah. just still in there, and he went inside and was like, "Somebody find and, out what all he, this stuff is and sell it." No, no. <laughs> he he plays guitar and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a yeah. I know a hundred thousand pedal building nerds that'll love this stuff." Yep. Yeah. It's a benevolent Russian oligarch that wants to see those <laughs> pedals built. It could be a thing. Yeah, I don't that know. doesn't sound like that far-fetched, actually. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So, how? okay, if you could, is there a, is there a hope for, like, which, which pedal you can get cranked out first, and is there a order of release that you're you're trying to focus on, or are you um, kind of No, just... not really. Basically, shipping's kind of, like, all messed up at the moment. Mm-hmm. So like things take forever. Uh, so it's basically like either the deluxe version to the chorus or the buzz will be out first. Um, the tremolo, um, like I said, I'm kind of going to sit on for a while and make sure there's no weird bugs. Yeah. It's a bit of a long-term project. Yeah. Though. yeah. And, and you, yeah. and you mentioned that last time we had you on, yeah. that it was a really long-term, which episode was that? Was it 13 10. or something like 10. Oh my gosh, Steve, you were oh, yeah, a very well, early I, interview. Yeah. Oh, I came up with the concept in like February 2019, I think, uh, of the uh, trim. Yeah. And then just kind of sat on it for a while because I had no idea how to implement it. And I figured out kind of how to implement it earlier this year. And I've kind of been, you know, whittling away at it since then. So, yeah. Yeah, long term thing. Yeah. So we had you on like right before the COVID thing kind of started to scramble every, everything up it was like yeah. the end of january wow oh wow yeah 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 that's that, that was kind of funny time because like everybody that works in pedals kind of deals with overseas supply and you know gets pcbs from china right. so we were all kind of aware of covid back in december yeah and yeah yeah it would make sense. like yeah we knew it was a thing because it was like holding up you know uh shipments and stuff because they were dealing with this big outbreak 
And then all of a sudden in March, there's just one day that everybody agrees it's time to panic. It was like, <laughs> what? It was, it was such a delayed reaction from anybody that had been dealing with this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. Well, and yeah. also a bit like, because, <laughs> yeah, because like I, I was vaguely aware of it in January. Yeah. And then kind of really aware of like, uh, you know, the the seriousness of it in probably February is when it got to me. Yeah. Um, which kind of just makes it a little bit scary how slow some of the officials and governments out there were with dealing with it and just no no efforts to do anything about it until late March. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Oh, um boy. All right, and is how is how is getting uh, your PCBs and stuff now? Is it kind of is the is it kind of back to business as usual just slow yeah, PCBs shipping? Are good, but um like shipping and a lot of like other things that rely on other things are backed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's like there is there some kind of normalcy in that though or is it just all over the place? It's sort of unpredictable. Some things are completely back to normal, other things aren't, so it's really hard to like predict timelines. Yeah. Which is why I don't I don't give any official release dates until I have everything in house. Right. Mm. You know, I, I won't announce anything, you know. Just because there's there's no point. Yeah. There's no reason. I've got no manager telling me what my deadline is. I'm not gonna, you know, I just feel like George R. R. Martin every time I give a release date. That's a great that comparison, is, actually, for how how hungry some of your fans are for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like, it, it is kind of scrambled because I mean I've I've waited over a month for one thing from California and then something arrived from California in three days. Like yeah. it's just like what? Why? Yeah. I know it's it's total it's total crapshoot right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a few, couple of trades um, a few months back with you know pedal trades from uh, people in the states, and it's like we shipped in time, but I've got a DHL account, so I use DHL. They got them like within three days. <laughs> I like I didn't get them for like a month and a half, like yep. three separate people, and it's like I, I was like. Am I being scammed? Did I get scammed? <laughs> I, I don't even know. Well, I don't. I think were these uh, were these American pedal builders that you were trading with? No, they weren't builders. They're just random people. Just friend. Okay. Because yeah. I think one of the other things that's really complicating things right now is the the U.S. Postal Service has really been kind of yeah, slapped they, around by by the current administration, and so there's a big delay on on stuff being shipped from or through the yeah, US. That's basically and, it. and don't even try and go with a courier from the States. <laughs> oh, unless you want to pay in like firstborn. You're, oh, you're, I, I, DHL's good. DHL's fine. No, I'm, no, I, but you, I mean, you've got an account and I, we know other, other builders that have uh, like yeah. open accounts or whatever with, uh, with shipping uh, companies yeah. and, and they. FedEx isn't that bad either. Uh, UPS will like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. UPS. I, my, descendant tremolo from my jazz master was shipped via ups and i was ready to burn down every brown truck mm -hmm. i saw well that, and you know, i totally get that um yeah my uh, thalia capel three days yeah yep yeah, fedex and ups yeah. i used to think i when i when i moved to this area i liked ups because ups was one of the few shippers that would actually come to my physical address, address yeah way you live in the middle of nowhere I know, and I yeah. would not expect that, but they were doing it. And then all of a sudden, about a year and a bit ago, UPS went from doing that to going, oh, that address doesn't exist, and they would just send the product back to wherever it got shipped from. And that's been just infuriating to deal with. Yeah. Like, you, you used to come here. Yeah. You. Oh, they just charge insane brokerage charges is my yeah. uh, qualm with them. Yeah, so the, the bridge that I got from uh, from Descendant. Tremolo. In, tremolo, sorry. Uh, not a big package, you know, it's just a, just a tremolo for jazz master. I had guesstimated 20 bucks, you know, somewhere around there. Cause that's what it cost me to ship a pedal pretty much anywhere in North America, 20 mm. bucks. And that's the layman's, you know, I don't have an account with anybody price. Yeah. $60 Yowch. from UPS. That's crazy. 60 bucks. Yeah. 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 It happens, man. Yeah. Just it's crazy. crazy. Real bananas. So weird times. Yeah. Weird times we're going through right, right now. Yeah. There's there's a guy in the in the Discord group, can't remember who it was. He was like, 
you know, like for, I have the option on my website for people like international people, if they want to get it quickly, you know, they can select UBS, but nobody has ever selected. That's like, yeah because <laughs> yeah. it ain't quick but it is expensive yeah yeah it's like dude yeah no i would i would rather wait than you know by the courier service as well uh yeah i i um <laughs> if if i were if i were to buy i probably will have another guitar that uses this tremolo system someday and uh when i buy another one i'm gonna definitely beg and be like please Please, I don't care if it takes three months. Send it with USPS. I just, yeah. Please don't send it with UPS. I, I can't do it. Yeah, I've I've started like when I buy something and like the options are USPS or UPS. I just like will message and be like, can I just like create a label for you with the HR? <laughs> like, send it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I've had some success with that. People have done. I would that, say that so that's that, nice. that must work. You yeah. Just email yeah. the label, right? Yeah. Exactly. So that I've had good success with that. It's like, I, come on. Yeah, I do. I do a fair amount of shipping from my day job, and uh, we actually use UPS when we have an account, and it actually doesn't seem like it's that expensive when I'm doing it from work. But there's an account. Um, but I yeah. can imagine having to, in, in, I just not being able to just take and email the label to wherever it needs I, to yeah, go. I, you know, man, I think UPS is probably really great at dealing with their corporate clients. Because yeah, probably. You know that's what got them in business. Mm. Uh, I think when it comes to anybody else, they're just they're not focused on it literally at all. It's just a side thing to them. Like then that's how they treat it. It's just yep. And that makes for a customer experience that's really neglectful and really annoying. So anyway, here on the shipping parcels podcast, stamps.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It's an actual service, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's funny thing is I, I don't I don't know that that site works that great, actually. Every time I put a tracking number in there, it's it's always not great. <laughs> um how long well Steve. So we're coming yes. up on the we're coming up on the close here. Is there any uh secrets you want to reveal or anything like that you want to cover before we uh lock it up for the episode uh let's see any any okay. wisdom from the mountain of demodash um i i can't think of anything <laughs> happens okay. to me all the time um, <laughs> i would have gone with righty tidy lefty lucy and then just, yeah <laughs> <laughs> just random like random things that happened i guess so uh you know people message me on instagram you know asking about stuff as they will uh and i i've never really i've always uh, tried not to be like act like a pr rep uh for my own company just kind of like joke around with people just you know and usually it goes over their heads or they just kind of laugh and you know we get whatever sorted sorted so this one person uh messaged me asking how they can get a t120 in australia so i guess my dealer there had sold out and you know i'm joking around with them and they start like giving back and it turns out this it's just like you know and so we just keep going back and forth and we kind of hit it off it's like this is girl in australia and so now i'm in a long distance relationship with a chicken australia <laughs> wait awesome. what that's amazing i know and so I just thought I'd share that because it's kind of hilarious. That's fantastic. You, yeah, you sarcasmed your way into a girlfriend with yes. a customer on the other side of the planet. Yeah, like I, I wasn't trying. I wasn't even trying to. It was, <laughs> it, was it was just kind of normal joking around, but you know, she was just giving uh, back. It's hard. Just kind of kept going, and it's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> what, can we give her a shout out? What's her What's her name? Uh, her name's Alex. Well, shout out to Alex. All good things start with a little Al, I got to say. Damn. That's going to be a nightmare that ruins certain aspects of your relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I broke up with this Australian girl. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh. Yeah. laughs> well, shout out to Alex for having That's... an awesome sense of humor and uh, being cool. Yep. And... Uh, Congrats to you two. That's awesome. 
And also, as a guy who's toured in Australia uh, and very much fell in love with that accent, remote high five for you, my friend. Yep. (laughs) That's a win. Because, uh, yeah, I almost quit my band to just uh, illegally just, immigrate to Australia just, yeah. <laughs> just over that accent. And I've made yeah. no bones about that with my wife. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a wife, so. <laughs> that would be That awkward. would make an awkward damper on the relationship. Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, shout out to Alex. Um, Steve, thank you so much for coming back on the show, man. It was it was great to kind of catch up and with you and... and and see where you're going and, and get kind of a, a lowdown on all the new projects. Thanks. Thanks for, for that, man. That's really awesome. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, thank you, dear listeners, for hanging out with us and nerding it out. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.